Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I don't even know what the problem was tonight, guys. I, 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 you know, first two periods, they're good. They give up the one goal, but it's they're, they're pretty much in control. You know, they come out, they score a few. Of course, you know, they're talking on the broadcast. Um, Ottawa gives up like four goals a game. So you're thinking, all right, we got a chance to score, have a chance to put them away, got good pressure, let's keep it going. Even in the start of the third period, I thought, yeah, of course, you know, Ottawa comes out and starts um, – Ottawa comes out and starts, you know, putting some pressure on. But I thought the Flyers in the first half of the third period were doing a good job of counterpunching where uh, – not turtling. I think that's that's the most important thing there. But then all of a sudden, it just ended. It just, it was gone. The freaking Ottawa Senators just imposed their will on this team. And I thought, damn, you know, in the first 40-plus minutes, let's call it 45, even 50 minutes of this game, the Flyers were doing a good job of showing, you know what, um, this is this is who this is who we can be. And again, yeah, it's Ottawa, and they suck. But they're like the same. They're in like the same position as the Flyers. So it's you got to beat who's in front of you. And now, not only do you blow the lead, you don't even get a freaking point. You don't even get a point out of this. I can't even point to one specific thing that was wrong tonight. It was just they got beat. They got flat out beat by a team that isn't that good. Um, yeah, they got some good players. I'm going to call him Keith. Brady to Chuck is, you know, I, I like the kid. I think he, he's a great pick for that team. I think he's got a great future ahead of him. He can't beat you for two in the third. Uh, you know, it, just the whole thing. That Matt Duchesne play, uh, so much sloppiness, just so much they could have avoided. I don't understand how they lost this game. That was uh, just lifeless in those last 10 minutes or so. I, I, I can't I, – I'm trying. I'm really trying here. And, uh, you know, we talked. This was Steph's – Steph made a great point on uh, on Monday's show, on last night's BSH radio. It appears as if the Flyers needed a culture change, not just in the locker room, uh, but organizationally. It seemed like Hextall had kind of – like ever, the things everyone's saying um, sucked the life out of the organization. Like it just wasn't fun to work in the building anymore. Um, and maybe that's true, and they did need a change, but the one thing about it that is hard for anyone who's just into watching the games and a fan of the, the team and wants to just watch the on-ice product be better, that firing didn't do a damn thing to change the on-ice product, as we saw this evening. You come out, you get the one nothing lead, you're up 3-1, you lose 4-3. What was the amount of time they gave up the, the third period goals in? Yeah, uh, to Chuck at eleven thirty-two, uh, to Chuck again at thirteen twenty-six, and Duchesne at seventeen oh one. We're looking at uh, what are we looking at? Four, like five and a half minutes here. I, I'm just I'm flabbergasted that they're able to. This is the most maddening game of the season because 
you're sitting there watching and going, all right, I'm seeing some things. I'm liking the jump. I'm liking the physical engagement. You know, Anthony Stolarz looks like maybe he's not terrible and not terrible is great. You know, there's little things you can take away, but at the end of the day, it's not about little victories. It's about the victory, putting something in the win column. I am just so frustrated. I am just, oh, I want to say out of words, but I'm going to hang out as long as you guys want to hang out tonight because I know everyone has a lot to say. I know everyone's got a lot on their mind. Um, I'm here for you, so let's just get it going here. All right. Uh, can't beat a team that was at the end of a road trip after a back-to-back game. Yeah, that's there. You talk about teams that should have life at the end of the third. I, the Flyers just fired their general manager. They're playing a team that, on paper, they're better than. You're at home. You're looking to prove a point, and this is this is this is what happens. It's uh, so much wrong with this. And yeah, you know what? If if Hextall was unyielding in his uh, in his approach and refused to make even the slightest move move anybody out of uh, out of his prospect pool and more than that ran the organization like a dictator maybe he had to go but this just further goes to show you they needed more than this uh, okay can't close what should have been an easy win new day same team yeah I agree Heather uh, no heart to finish the game. I was there, and they took uh, the foot off the pedal after the third goal. Yeah, can't can't argue. I thought that they were even, uh, like, to start the third, I thought that they were counter-punching well, because obviously Otto was going to come out with some punch, especially in the in the beginning of the third. Maybe they'll run out of gas because it was the, the back end of a back-to-back, but it, it just disappeared. I, I have nothing else to give them, Bill, and I refuse to try. Daniel, uh, you know, I've been talking to people on Twitter today just like, how should fans feel? What what should be what should we be rooting for? Should we be rooting for a big shakeup that, you know, improves the team today? Should we be rooting for a, a lose for Hughes tank situation? Like, what should people want? And you know what? At this point, I have no answers. I am not the man with answers right now. I don't know what the right path is because I don't, I don't know what this problem, this team's problem is. They have, it's just, is it just effort? Like, is it just come down to effort? Was tonight bad luck? I, oh my God, what a frustrating team. <laughs> Jesus. Lose for Hughes. I, I'm not even, Prove uh, looks bad this year so far, sadly. Yeah, and guys, you know. 21-year-old defensemen have rough seasons, have rough stretches. The dude just has to play through it because I know how good he is. Uh, I, he He's looking rough. I get it. I, I'm right there. I see it too, uh, especially with the puck on his stick. couple of assists tonight. Thought maybe those would get him going. Uh, great flip pass to start that Giroux goal or start the Konechny goal that Giroux set up. Uh, he, was, he got the puck down to um, – he got the puck down to Jake too, as well. Yeah, uh, on a that's something I'd like to see more of. Um, not to divert from the question there, but something I'd like to see more of is when they work it up to the top. I want to see the defensemen work it back down, like they did on the Jake goal. Uh, not just shoot, not just bomb away from the point, but Jake, you know, slips from the right wing into the slot, opens up gets a pass, and puts a goal in from a high-danger area. That's something uh, I'd like to see a lot more of. Uh, I think Jonesy pointed out he believes Jake's using a different stick tonight, maybe uh, 
he's looking to score more goals instead of distribute. I don't know what's up with that, but he's he's been looking rough. So and he's been looking rough with the puck. He's had a hard time handling the puck, and he's a guy who creates zone entries and is really a, a strong playmaker. So maybe he just feels he needs a new handle. But that's something I'd really like to see more of. Is if you're gonna work it up to the defensemen as often as they do, it's a they're really easy to defend when you just know they're gonna bomb away work it back down to the middle from there. And it worked on that play. And it's something I think they can build on. Um, but that's, you know, uh, this is a two line team and yeah, uh, man, you know, I like what Dale Weiss is doing. Uh, and you guys know, I am the, the guy who's been hating on Dale Weiss for, for two seasons. Uh, but he's having a far more effective season than I ever imagined he was going to have this year. Um, he can't be on that second line. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, just gotta. You just gotta make. Excuse me. You just gotta put JVR up there and make it work. Um, I know. Um, I know. I've been a proponent of having this uh, this even distribution of the talent, and uh, I like the idea because, you know, like I've said. You know, JVR scored 36, 37 goals last year, whatever it was, playing under 15 minutes a game. You get him on the first power play unit and you use him uh, on that third line. And matchup-wise, it could be really strong for you. But that third line just isn't producing enough. Uh, we, Patrick needs more. Uh, Voracek, obviously, um, you know, his game hasn't been great. He looked better tonight, you know, scores the goal and everything. But uh, I just don't think you can use Dale Weiss in that in that second line role right now. You need to get uh, JVR up there and just get it to work. Um, but again, th- this team go- it's it's beyond line shuffling at this point. It really is. I I I, I don't want to say cultural issue, but there's something something that uh, this keeps happening to this team. We played Saturday and got spanked. Hextall loses his job Monday. We can't come home and blow a two-goal lead. I feel like we can't even beat a high school team at this point. And like that's I can't say they played poorly tonight. They played poorly at the end of the third. Abs- but man, you first they need to finish on more of their chances. Uh, who who the hell is this dude that was even in net for um for Ottawa tonight? Yeah, Mike McKenna. I mean, he's got an 862 save percentage on the season. Um, only a handful of games. This is his fifth game, I think. Yeah, his fifth game. Um, only a couple of starts. Yeah, this was, what, his second start of the year? Um, he's some guy out there. you got to light this dude up. Uh, it's unfreaking believable Like, his career-high save percentage in a, you know, he's he's – his career high for game start in a season is 14. Like he's got 28 career games. He's never, he hasn't played more than four games in a season since 2008-09. This dude is not an NHL goalie and to only get three is just not enough. On how many shots did they put on net tonight? 37 shots on goal. You only netted three against this dude who's just some guy in there. That's unacceptable. Forget the end of the third period. Finish your goddamn chances. 
all these odd man rushes with no goals, not no shots on net. Gostas Bear needs to put one on net eventually. This dude is missing the net way too much. They have so many. Uh, score some freaking goals. Three was not nearly enough tonight. They they better do something else before Saturday's game uh, to stop the bleeding. Not acceptable if they want to have fans and make a profit. And that's the, you know, we, we're hearing about the team losing money. We're hearing about how this was a more of a business decision than anything to can Hextall. Well, he's gone, and people still aren't going to be happy if the team ain't winning. Uh, you know, Dave Scott today, winning and business go hand in hand. You win, people will show up. Well, day one wasn't so great. Bill, right, Iken has GM job on a brick and throw it through Holmgren's window? I don't need that. How many games has it been now where JVR wasn't in the spotlight? He's just coming back. I've seen some good things out of him out there. Uh, I just think it's time to move him up. Need a big-time trade to shake things up? Enough is enough? You know, I'm, I can't say you're wrong. I can't say you're wrong. There's something... There's something just not right with this team. It's just, mm, they're not this bad. That's all I can tell you. That's the only thing I know for certain is they're not this bad. But they're playing like it. They just can't freaking win. They can't keep pucks out of the back of their net. They really can't keep them out of the back of the net in the third period. And when it matters, I just, ugh. We yeah, what was the time on ice if we skated more than everyone else than a bunch of guys tonight? Um, let's see here. Dale Weiss, yeah, 17-17, a minute 47 on the PK. I mean, Travis Konechny, 16. Like, even with the penalty kill time, they played the same amount of ice. Like, that's, that can't be. Dale Weiss can't be out there that often. Um, and, yeah, Oscar Lindblom, 5-18 while, you know, Dale Weiss is playing this much, 14.48 for, you know. Jake Voracek, 17.41, Dale Weiss, 17.17. That can't be. That can't be. You need to split that up. Like, this this can't continue. What did Simmons end up playing? And Simmons hasn't been good, but 15.53. I mean, he's on the third line. You just, this, this, this Weiss on the second line thing, they just need more skill. They need to score more because they clearly can't ever keep pucks out of the back of their net. Um, they just need to score more, and you're not going to do it. I like what Dale Weiss has done this year. I think he can be a, an effective bottom six forward, but they need to finish their chances because they're getting enough. They're getting enough chances. Three goals wasn't close to enough to, tonight. Not even a timeout to pump the brakes. Uh, reality check, just a casual choke job. Sigh. Eddie, you know, you're right. Um, there needs to be – the coach needs to be more hands-on with this team. That's very clear. They were shooting low and then uh, start shooting high corner again. How much of a damn beating do we need to take? Do we need to lose 20-0 every game and then is management going to do something? Or are we just uh, – yeah, it's – yeah, I know. I know. They're going to talk to Stevie Y as they should, but we shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Y is going to Detroit. Uh, this is where Comcast needs to step in and just go, yeah, Steve, you want like 10 mil? Uh, but, you know, he 
I get it if he goes home, but it's at least you got to make the courtesy call and say, hey, we'll pay you more. But JVR is the least of my concerns. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not concerned about JVR. Um, I want him up in the lineup. This is – he's a finisher, and we need to finish our chances. That's all there is to it. Because it shouldn't have come down the, – the lead should have been insurmountable. And 3-1, honestly, against that goddamn team, they're scoring a lot this year, but they trade scoring chances. They give up the most goals in the league. You, you can't let that happen. Uh, now all we have to do is get rid of Hackstall, Hackstall, and we'd be great. It's more than that. It's Maybe it is the coach. Maybe it is what he tells them to do. Maybe he's just so lifeless. The team has taken on their personality, his personality. Everything's cool. Everything's – and there's probably there's probably some, some validity to that based on, um, you know, like like a, a commenter just pointed out, just a casual choke job. No, no, nothing hands-on about the coach, nothing tonight. Just let the lead evaporate, and there you go. But it's just not good enough. Why the hell did Limblom play so little? You know, if Limblom can shift to the right wing or something, or yeah, they need some shakeups. But it's 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 more than line shuffling, like I keep saying. They need some shakeups. I want to see Limblom up on that third line. Um, Wayne Simmons has been really not good lately, and I hate to say it. I am a Wayne Simmons fan. I own a Wayne Simmons jersey. I own a Wayne Simmons jersey. I am a member of the Wayne Simmons fan club. He has not been good lately. Simmons continues to look horrible. I agree, Chris. That's read my mind there. Uh, the amount of chances Giroux, the amount of chances Giroux created for connecting tonight was insane. They got to capitalize on their chances. Uh, it's like this almost every game. That line is buzzing right now, and they could have had more tonight, absolutely. But you know, everyone else has to do their part. They just need to score more goals. They're creating the chances. Who's this Simmons guy you keep talking about? Exactly. Trade for McKenna. He looked like Hassock out there. Um, think Simmons is worth anything to trade for? I mean, to a smart GM, no. Uh, I, I, I change of scenery, all that. I get it. Uh, but GMs really value the raw. Like, I love Simmons for all the intangible stuff too. But I really love him because he scores thirty goals a year. Um, but because of his perception and his reputation, I feel like with certain general managers in this league, they'd still be willing to pay a certain price for him. But is it what they'd pay for him to – and of, a lot of that has to do – you know, he's been on one of the best bargain contracts in hockey. You could have probably got a lot for him two years ago, but you weren't really looking to trade Wayne Simmons two years ago. Um, now it's with – he's a rental – uh, and he's not that player anymore. He doesn't look near that player anymore. He's lost his spot on the first power play. Uh, maybe not, but uh, just clear spot for somebody else. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is at this point. Is it trade Simmons? Is it trade Voracek? They need something in net. I'm not I'm not bailing on Stolarz here. I, I don't think he played poorly tonight. Some unfortunate, Some unfortunate goals went in on him. I think he's probably... At this point, uh, it's decent enough, but they need—they just need something. Maybe it's a system issue. I—I I, I believe it is a system issue. I thought I saw more uh, 
thought I just saw more like jump tonight, more aggression, especially in the first half of the game. But man, you can't blow a two goal lead in the third period. In the second half of the third period, like yeah, Brady to Chuck scores to make it three to two. Eleven thirty two in, and they never look back. You know, like. Ugh. Bill, with there being uh, five days until the next game, perfect time to make a coaching change. I agree. Uh, Fire Holmgren, classes comment about leaving Hackstall for the next game. Fire Hackstall, everyone. I, I don't care. Uh, ownership, yeah, whatever. Let's just dump the coaching staff and ride with no one behind the bench. In Bill's NHL, this is one of the things, if I were to ever become commissioner, coaches wouldn't be allowed behind the bench. Players can do it. No coaches behind the bench. Have some trainers right there. No coaches. They can be upstairs like coordinators in the NFL. Who in your mind is untouchable trade-wise? I have a feeling some trades may happen. Who knows? Untouchable? I mean, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Ivan Provorov. I guess Nolan Patrick. I, I don't want to give up on him. Um, I won't say Konechny's untouchable, but it would be a real high price to, you know, I better be getting a whole lot back for someone like that. I, I don't. I mean, Giroux's untouchable because of his contract as well. It's not like he, he wants to go in or whatever. But, yeah, I... Very few untouchables. I won't say anyone's like, what, what, have, what have any of these guys done to be deemed, oh, no, we can't, we can't possibly proceed without them. You know, like there are guys who I don't want to see traded because I want to see what they turn into or I just want to see them like here when things eventually do turn around because I think they will at some point. Maybe I'm a freaking moron for believing that, but I – not many untouchables, I will say. And it all, I mean, you know, Torelli gets drunk and goes, hey, I'll give you Connor McDavid for your whole roster. Fucking have him. But <laughs> no untouchables at that point. Simmons line change? I, not against it. Uh, what in the blue? Uh, uh, Homer isn't going anywhere. No, Homer's part of the family. Homer won't be going anywhere. I agree with the there. I don't think... It's necessarily the greatest thing hockey-wise, but one thing I will say, I remember hearing this years ago, at some point in Yager's tenure, you know, at, and he wasn't here long. He was here one season. So at most he was here a year. And somebody asked him to just, because, you know, before, before he went back home, he played for the Rangers. Um, they asked him to compare the Flyers organization to the Rangers organization. And he said, you know, the Rangers first class, but they're a business. It's very much a business up there, you know, button up business style. The Flyers are run like a family. It's run like a family and everyone here feels a part of the family. Uh, and I think that's, that's, I think that's a big selling point for a lot of people. Uh, it's why a lot of, uh, you know, the alumni stick around, like, you know, a bunch of Canadian rednecks moved here in the seventies and never left. Um, and I think the organization has a lot to do with that, just the way the organization is run. Um, you know, in replacing Ron, 
uh, because maybe he took away from some of that. A lot of people felt like that family atmosphere was gone. Uh, you know, I've heard that from from several sources, uh, people who cover the organization um, on a daily basis and some people in the organization, around the organization. Uh, and if Holmgren, I would like Holmgren to have less say, but if Holmgren is part of that, like the roots to Ed Snyder, like if it's, like if we're looking at a family tree, if it's, okay, here's Ed and boom, his son is Bobby Clark. And then the cousin is, is Paul Holmgren. Then if the roots to Ed Snyder are in Paul Holmgren, um, you know, again, I would like for him to have less of a say, but keeping him around for that, um, atmosphere might not be the worst thing, but I, I, yeah, I don't want him making the decision who, who our next goalie is, let alone our next GM, but that's what it is. In any system, turnovers will kill you. The Flyers are a turnover machine, man, failed clears. And the worst one, I tweeted this out tonight. They play the puck to an empty point more than any team I've ever seen. I, the blind passes or the defenseman not getting over in time, not reacting to the – from going – I don't know. But they play it to an empty point more than any team I've ever seen. Who will be the first player to say the home crowd made them tight? I'd almost rather than play 82 road games. Uh, maybe Jake. Jake says the most out of anybody, but we'll see. Um, Jake says they only played 40. Yeah, I mean, the first two periods – I thought they counterpunched well to start the third, but – Ottawa was clearly going to come out with some punch to start the third. Like, that's what happens. You're down 3-1, and I thought the Flyers countered well, but then Ottawa just took the fuck over, and that should never be a sentence anyone speaks. Brady to Chuck with his 25-game veteran status. I like to Chuck. I like watching that guy play. I mean, it sucks he scored two goals tonight, but I like watching that guy play. Uh, like I said, if you're going to, uh, shake up the lines tonight. I'm sorry, I lost that comment. The comments are coming in real fast. I'm sorry I can't keep up, guys. I have a lot to say. I know you have a lot to say. I'm going to get to as many as I can. And I'm going to hang out for as long as, as you guys hang out tonight. Uh, this team hasn't played. This team hasn't played with little. This team has played with little or no emotion or conviction since Hackstall took over. They also cannot have JVR and Simmons on the same line with a dynamic, speedy playmaker to open up the ice. Um, both players will suffer. And, yeah, I – man, I love so much of um, of Jordan Wheel's game, and I'm just rooting for the kids so hard. Um, but it's getting to the point where you can't just be good at some – like, man, you got to produce some points. you got to be a quicker decision-maker – um, I, I like so much of what the kid does, um, but we need more now. And I, yeah, I, I really, I, I thought maybe with him, um, that combination was worth a try with, with, uh, Simmons and JVR, but I, I just don't, mm, I'm not seeing it. Um, I, they need to shake up that second and third line. They need to shake up all the whole bottom nine. I think they do need to shake up. Uh, we'll see though. With with uh, Chirelli clinging to his job in Edmonton, do you dangle Wayne in his face and hope he gives up a few good picks so he can attempt to improve his team in the now and keep his job? 
Man, I, listen, I'm all for a trade, and I, 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 I love the idea of ripping off Edmonton. Um, if we fired Ron Hextall because he wouldn't push the team forward, and I get there's a plethora of, re- plethora of reasons, both hockey reasons and non, that he was fired. Um, but I want some, man, I'm tired of picks. I'm tired of picks. Give me some freaking players. Gudis had a good game. I liked Gudis tonight. I didn't think he was terrible. Jake said, with all that's going on right now, the team is now a great time to... Um, okay. Jake, I don't think there was ever a good time to go to Pittsburgh. As much as I'm furious with this dude, this was pretty... Fu- yeah, I mean, if that's just a joke about Pittsburgh, that's funny. Uh, but this team is always good on the road, and after Saturday... I mean, they have a bunch of days off... They- you know, between now and Saturday, and then I don't think they play again until Thursday. So more more changes could be coming, and I'm really hoping they get a GM in place because I hate the idea of an interim GM making any decisions. Um, but I said after I said after the Toronto game, some changes need to happen, and a huge change was made. But I want some freaking hockey changes. Like I need. This team is better than it is, and something needs to be made different. I don't – something in that locker room needs to change. I, I just – oh, just have this freaking feeling about this team, man. We're over here busting Provy, but at least uh, – but lest we forget a year ago, he was the one busting his ass when everyone else refused to step in and uh, expect him to be an all-star defenseman. He's going to need other players to have his back have his back in certain situations. I'm not busting on Provorov. I think the guy's going to be fine eventually. He's having a bad season. Um, And, yeah, the rest of the team needs to step up. That's what happens anytime a guy gets hurt or a guy is just in a slump or whatever. Everyone needs to step up around him. Um, It doesn't change the fact that he's playing poorly and he's supposed to be this team's number one defenseman, and that's hurting them. Lots of problems with this team, though. It's not just Provorov, obviously. It's not just anything. Um, he needs to be better, though, because they need him to be. And this, like I keep saying, this could just be a case of, man, he's 21. This is what a lot of 21-year-old defensemen go through. He's nowhere near his prime yet, and he set his own bar so high through the way he's played, um, you know, his his freshman to, you know, his first to his second year um, that – when his play dips, it's noticeable, you know? Um, and Shane uh, Gossesberry isn't playing. I can't say he's been very good. Uh, I thought he made some good plays tonight, but as a guy who's supposed to be this dynamic offensive player, um, he needs to be putting up more points because that's what he's really out there to do is put up more points, and he can't do that if he misses the net three-quarters of the time he shoots. You know, it's on him to to do that. He's He's the guy who's supposed to this this low to high system if they're constantly going to be shooting from the point he's the guy that sets up and he needs he he needs to be better too it's not just him it's everybody any info on pronger becoming gm i don't think it's likely um you know maybe he gets a maybe he gets a courtesy and i i, I don't know I have no idea, guys. Um, I can't imagine they hire somebody with that little experience. I mean, he joined the team. He joined Fly, Florida as a senior advisor last last season, I believe. I, 
he just hasn't – how do we have any idea he knows how to run a team, let alone a team in this much turmoil? Um, he's familiar with the organization, but he's from outs- – I said on, on BSH Radio last night that I real I, I want someone from outside the bubble. I realize Pronger played here, so that, like – makes me against hiring him more than his inexperience. I just don't want anyone who ever wore the sweater or ever worked in the front office before. I want someone brand new, brand new outlook on this thing. Um, but he is, you know, he, he played in, in Hartford. He played in St. Louis. He played in Edmonton. He played in Anaheim. Um, he's been a part of a lot of organizations. He works for Florida right now. He worked for the league. So I guess when you're talking about from outside the bubble, He's from outside the bubble as you can be, considering, you know, he wore a freaking C on a sweater for this organization. Do you think this team needs to be a little tougher? I think we need a Ryan Reeves kind of guy on this team. We need to get a little bigger. No, I think they need to score more goals. I, I think they need to keep goals out of the back of their net, and they need to put – they need more good players. They I, – I, no, I don't think they need a Ryan Reeves. Uh, listen, if you have a really good top nine, if your first three lines are really good and your fourth line is something you can put together like a, a Lawton Lindblom, whatever, a Lawton – yeah, like let's let's talk about that. Let's say it's Lawton Lindblom or, or, or even Lawton Raffle. I like Raffle as a fourth liner, uh, but I think Lindblom's like that with a little more offensive punch. Um, if you have a good deep first three lines – and your fourth line is like a, a Lawton Lindblom, let's say. I don't hate the idea of a Reeves or somebody of that nature um, when the other two guys are capable of carrying him. But this team right now, I'm not seeing it yet. I see the makings of it. I see the potential for that to be there, but they're not playing like it yet, and so I can't say that's what this team would need because I just think it would lead to – it would that line would lose more shifts. Um, and also the penalty kill is awful. You know, as much as I want to be tougher, as much as I'd like to see more physical play and have a guy like that. Cause like I always say, hey, it's Frank by Lois bobblehead back there. Cause he's my favorite hockey player ever. How many, how many, how many shorthanded situations can we possibly put ourselves in and, and expect to win games with the penalty kill and goalie situation as it is? Bring back LeClaire. Sure, why not? Um, why haven't they had at least three players-only meetings? I, I, maybe they do. Maybe they do it away from the arena. I have, you know, I don't know. Please, Homer, not JVR for Luke Shen again. Yeah, that's, you know, one of those, one of those chasing it moves. The, the Holmgren era, man, is really, really tainted because of that second half, um, the second half of the Holmgren era when he was just really chasing it. You know, the after after the Richardson Carter deals, I guess, when they when they got embarrassed, you know, at the end of 2010-11, you know, because that team was in the President's Trophy race until the end of the season, uh, the 2010-11 team. Um, you know, Pronger's in and out of the lineup. I think he only played 50 games that year. Everyone hates each other. They're trying to patch it together, giving up a first-round pick for Christopher Stieg, you know, and Bobrovsky is carrying him a little bit and just wears down. Like, he couldn't – he couldn't – he didn't know, 
or didn't know how to express it because his English wasn't good enough, whatever it was, like how many games in a row he'd ever played before, like what his limit was. He, and they just he, – he got tired at the end of the year and then had the shit playoffs, and all of a sudden Michael Layton's in there, and the whole thing just fucking exploded in their faces. And from that point on, Holmgren was chasing it and chasing it and all the good work he did to create that team because, man – they were a cup contender for four years. They well, like three and three quarters years. Uh, when they got just absolutely fucking embarrassed by Boston, it was, you know, clearly they weren't they weren't enough of a team to win that series, no matter what. Um, that that second half of that Holmgren tenure, man, because the first half was good. He made some great moves. It was artful what he did in the Peter Forsberg situation uh, with Nashville, getting all the assets he did out of that. It was it was great bringing in a guy like Jason Smith to wear the C for a year and really steady that ship. Uh, Joffrey Lupel and freaking Lucas Spiza and some picks. I don't care if they were first rounders. For Chris Pronger, one of the greatest, I don't care how old he was, one of the greatest defensemen of all time. Like, he made some good moves. Um, the Danny Briere signing, obviously. But then, like I said, those, that second half of his tenure. Stoli didn't – I got on a tangent there. I'm going to get back to your comments, I promise. Stoli didn't deserve to be on the bad end of this tonight. He played well, and only one of those goals was arguably on him. Yeah, no, Stoli wasn't bad tonight. I have no problems. Stoli was fine. Like, if – considering what they, they've had in net what did they – what did he do tonight? I mean, yeah, I don't think his save percentage is really indicative of how he played. Um, you know, only only made 20 on 24 – 20 saves on 24 shots. Um, you know, I, I thought he was fine. I I don't want to say you're good going with him because every time I say, oh, yeah, goalie's probably okay, they should to bed the next game, it's going to be a patchwork on in the net tonight. But I have no problem, at least for, you know, with all these days off, it's not like Stolarz is going to get worn down. Um, I hope not, at least, even though – when was – I mean, what's his workload actually been since the injury? Let's see here. Uh, yeah, he played some games in the ECHL last year. He played, yeah, four total games in 2017-18. Um Yeah, and now, you know, so this is really his first action. Uh, he played three games with the Phantoms, and now he's been in a few games for the Flyers. But yeah, I, I, I'm fine rolling with him for the next couple of games at least, and if they don't, if they're not going to make – if there's no trade for a better goalie imminent, I'll go with him for a couple of games. i got no problem with it. Give him his shot. Give him his shot. I mean, he's been with the organization long enough. Might as well find out. I mean – Second round pick in 2012. Give the kid his shot. Hi, Bill. Really into bad players. Who do you think we should add with that in mind? Um, I, I don't know. I don't have a joke handy right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I Sound defensive strategy. I, I, I know that more goals is nice, but you need to play good defense. But... When you only surrender 24 shots, that's good defense. Uh, th there were some unfortunate goals tonight. It was just the second half of that third period. They 
everything just fucking fell apart. Like 24 shots against is so few. <laughs> that's so few. In a league that's all about pucks on net, uh, that's nothing. PK is now dead last. Time for Ian to go. And that's that's another bothersome thing about tonight. They didn't get one penalty. They didn't get one power play. Like, you're up against the only penalty kill that rivals yours for worst in the league. I think they, they're two for two tonight, so maybe they aren't um, – maybe they moved ahead of uh, – Maybe they moved ahead of Ottawa, actually. But, like, you didn't get one. And I I realize you can't control that. I'm not blaming the refs in any way. But, God, that's just more bad luck more more than anything. I want four guys of lines who are capable of scoring goals, not grinders and dudes just on team to cross-check someone in the face. I agree, Tyler. Um, It just... It depends on your situation. Uh, and yeah, ultimately, you want four lines that can score goals. However, there's a salary cap, and goals are expensive. You know, it's it takes a lot to score goals. And, I, like, again, if your fourth line um, consists of a Lawton and a Lindblom or something like that, that is as good as you can probably ask for in terms of uh, fourth line production. Um there is something to getting in on the forecheck, loosening up pucks, grinding a team down. Uh, it's just it just can't be your main focus. That can't be how you think you're going to win games. There's there's an element to it. You you need to do it, um, like the run game in football. It needs to be part of your strategy. But chances are you need to pass to win. You know, like you need the offense, and that's that's I think that's the I think that's what I'm going to go for with that analogy. Like you need to. Bring back Braden Shen. Yeah, TJ, I don't know if that's a joke or not. Um, but Braden Shen at two or three C right now would look great. I would love to see Braden Shen uh, at one of the the, the middle six. Um, you know, in the, at the two or three C position, uh, I think that would that would really really help this team. Honestly. It's time to call the Blues and make something big happen. Blues have talent, need cap space, and want to shake it up too. Uh, I read, I think it was in 31 Thoughts, might have been in Friedman's 31 Thoughts, uh, where Tarasenko, I mean, it would take a lot, but Tarasenko might not be untouchable there, is what I would say. Um, I, you know, I don't know how the Flyers go about it, and it, again, it would take a lot, but if you're looking to shake things up and improve the team, the Flyers have a lot. Flyers have their next three first-round picks. Flyers have all their picks plus two extras. Um, you know, in the upcoming, in the 2019 draft, they have an extra third and an extra seventh. Um, all the prospects in the world. Decent amount of cap space. Why not? Why the hell did they put Weiss on the second line and move uh, move Lindblom to the fourth? Um, yeah, I just think Lindblom was struggling a little. He he looked so amazing, just looked so freaking good on that west uh, on that trip out west. Just came back and didn't look like the same guy. I don't know if he's playing through something. You always got to wonder that about a guy uh, if he's playing through something or if he's just in a little slump right now. I don't know, but Weiss it was as much of a reward for Weiss too. He looked real good. 
Uh, and I didn't hate it as a temporary thing. Like, if you're just going to reward a guy for playing well and you're going to try to maybe send a wake-up call or let uh, let Lindblom stay in the lineup as he's playing through something because it's, you know, just give him less ice time, kind of let him nurse it a little. I, I, I don't know. This is speculation on my part because I, I love Lindblom. I loved him when they drafted him. Uh, but it can't be a permanent thing. It This isn't. This was a, a two or three game thing, like an, a nice little experiment. Uh, hey, maybe he'll get in on the forecheck, uh, loosen up some pucks. That's that's my number one way to describe Dale Weiss as he loosens up pucks. I, that's that's what he does, uh, and he's playing overall again more effective than I ever imagined he could. But this ain't the spot for him. You know, he can't do it. Garth Snow mentioned, I talked about Garth Snow in the show last night. I said that would probably be the funniest hire. Like, funny in terms of, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Uh, I'm just going to make fun of this organization so much. Like, that, funny that way. Like, funny. Snow still a better option than Holmgren? You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Watch Homer sign Mason for Saturday. Uh, with the Nylander issue not being addressed in Toronto, is it out of the question to go out and get him? Uh, he's not your typical flyer, but at this point it may be uh, what the team needs. Again, depends on price, but I would love William Nylander. He's really good. Uh, I never believed he was going to be traded. I think there's a better chance he sits out this year and signs a contract in the summer with Toronto um, than there is he gets traded. I just don't see them... Um, moving on from one of these, one of their high-end guys. All four goals were horrible bounces. Stoli deserved better. I thought he still could have had the first one, even though it took that, uh, I think it hit Limblom, took that ricochet off Limblom and looked like it was going wide. Um, I think he still could have had it, reacted a little slow to it, but, you know, those redirects, they're, it's tough. And then the one that was sitting there that Tachuk just hammered home, I just couldn't find it. Uh, I have no problem with the way Stolarz played tonight, especially considering, like, he's getting into the swing of things still. You know, he, he's he's not caught up yet. There's no way he can possibly be caught up yet. Uh, if you want to ride with him, especially because they play Saturday and then, like, next Thursday or something, uh, I have I have no problem with that. Uh, it's going to be Stolar's next two games because we play Saturday, then we don't play till Thursday. Dave, I feel like this is the second time I said something and looked down and you had already typed it. Trade Wayne Train for a goalie? I just, uh, maybe it was when they fired Hextall when I was here for um, the, you know, little post-game, you know, emergency Facebook Live thing I did uh, the day they fired Hexy was, um, it's a two goalie league. Someone, someone said that, and you do need two. Um, even great starters, you need to rest them. I always think, even if you have a Vezina candidate goalie, uh, if you are a playoff contender, your goalie needs a period where he isn't your every night guy. Through you know an eighty-two game season, he needs a two-week, three-week, even a month stretch where he's not the guy, and he just gets to you know play a couple of games here and there keep him fresh, but if you're going to go on that, you know, playoff run where he has to be in every night and has to be on top of his game every night, uh, and you expect him to steal you one game per series, steal you a full series, uh, you, you need the rest of the guys. So every team needs two. I just can't imagine anyone with a good goalie um, 
parting with it for Wayne Simmons, a pending UFA. Um, only a contender would want Wayne Simmons, I would think. Um, I just don't think there's a match there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see that as a uh, possibility. All right, scrolling down. Yeah, I don't understand why Lawton doesn't get more ice time. He's looked really good so far this season. Shake it up a little. Yeah, that's um. Again, I love I love a lot of aspects of Jordan Wheel's game, but that line isn't that. I need to see more out of that line, and if they're not going to do it, I would love to see Lawton at least get some time. Uh, shake up that shake up that bottom six a little. Um, yeah, so much of what Wheel does, I love, but. Lawton, if you're going to reward guys, like if you're going to reward Dale Weiss for the way he's played, uh, you know, as a, as a bottom of the roster guy, and you're going to move him up, I, reward Lawton too. And I've been a proponent of, hey, he's in this role and it's working, keep him there. But right now, you are in all hands on deck. This thing could get away from you a real fast situation. I still believe in what this team is, and I don't think they're ever going to be bad enough to be able to get down, really, to get Jack Hughes. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but, and I don't think that's what they, like, to me, that's not what they need. If you believe that, I'll never be able to talk you out of it. And honestly, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for what this team needs right now and what the path is, um, what the path needs to be. So I'm, I, I'm not going to argue with anyone about that, but to me, uh, that's just not the direction. I don't understand how any GM in this league gives up some quality to the Flyers without asking for some serious return right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm going to reference Elliot Friedman again. He always writes, when you're looking for a life preserver, other general managers throw you anchors. That's, you know, that's just the way she goes. Also, another 40-minute effort. Why does this team uh, do that? Just play 60 minutes? I, I, I don't know. Stop with this bring back bullshit. Get someone new. Change up something new. And as a team, they need to pass. Uh, better elite teams can handle open ice passes and don't throw it to open ice where they think their teammate is. Yeah, that was a, an effective strategy at different points last year. Uh, when you get in trouble, throw it hard across. But the thing about doing something a lot is other teams pick up on it. Um I totally lost my train of thought there after that. Uh, as far as the op handling the puck, are they using rubber sticks out there? Aside from playing the puck to to an empty point, uh, like half the times they pass it back there, it seems. N like, even Giroud tonight had a couple passes bounce. Like, it always seems like he's able to knock them down. Uh, he, he threw one a little behind Provorov at one point, I thought. Uh, it just, like, are they using rubber sticks out? Like, is there stick tape made of some... Some something that is an actual tape. Like, did somebody sabotage them? I they, it's so many bounces out there. It's just like there's some skilled guys out there that should be better with the puck than this. I'd take Hutton from Buffalo. Why not? And but again, um, I Buffalo's. Why is Buffalo making any trades right now? You know, why is Buffalo letting anybody go? Um, let me check. Are they still – last I checked, they were a point out of first. Um, based on that picture, it looks like they may have won tonight. Um, yeah, Buffalo 3-2 over San Jose. 
where are they? Yeah, they're first place in the Atlantic right now. Like, they have the same number of games as Tampa with one more point, same number of games as Toronto. They're two points up on Toronto. So uh, Buffalo's not going to give you anything right now. Why would they? We gave away B. Shen for a bag of pucks. No, they, gave, they traded him for, for two first-round picks. That's what they traded him for. One of them is leading, I believe, the OHL in scoring right now. The other is Joel Farabee, who's like a first-liner for the Team USA World Junior Team. They traded Braden Shen for two first-round picks. Bring up Hart. Have you seen Hart's numbers in the AHL? They're bad. He's not playing all that well down there. I would love to bring up Carter Hart if he was playing great. Nothing would make me happier. He's shitting the bed. In the, not, I'm, you're supposed to get beat when you're 20 years old making the jump. Like That's why goalies take a long time because the adjustment is ridiculous. All of a sudden, every shooter you're facing when you go from junior to pro is like the best player you've ever played against. They're all professionals. It's a big, big jump. Um the AHL is at worst the third best league in the world, you know. Um, AHL, SHL, uh, probably tied for third. Um, it's 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 a tough tough league. It's gonna take some time. I want him up here too, but he's not ready. He's just gonna get lit up. Nylander wants Big Doe. Everyone does. Uh, you got the cap space. Um, there's probably a way to work it out. And another thing about that is a lot of it is he wants big money because all the guys around him that he believes he's as good as or better than are going to get big money. Here, the highest paid player makes, what, what's Giroux, 8.25 or 8 point? I can't remember if it's, what's the exact number? Let's see if I can pull up cap friendly quickly. Eight point two seven five is Giroux, so it's not like comparatively where Tavares is getting, you know, whatever it is, eleven, and Matthews is going to get twelve or whatever, and uh, you know, Marner's looking at nine or ten. Like it's that's a thing for guys in the locker room. Here, the highest paid guy makes eight million. It's it's you might be able to knock him down a little more. And Canada has really high taxes. The issue is there are no goalies on the market. Uh, like Darling is one of the high-end goalies available, and he's being scratched for Morozik. Yeah, that's the – everyone needs goalies, and the teams that have them don't want to give them up. Simmons is almost worthless as trade bait now. So many guys right now at this moment, yes. I think when prices go up at the trade deadline and teams are desperate, you're looking at um, someone looking to make a move for um, – you're looking at someone looking to make a move for a guy with that reputation of, oh, he's going to improve our power play. He's going to improve our locker room. He's going to, you know, all the, the things that Wayne has the reputation for. He's gritty. He's a leader, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think at that point he'd be worth more. 
um, you know, to a team desperate looking to add. And of course, he's on a cheap deal, so anyone, can, any really anyone can afford him. Um, at this moment, I don't think he's as valuable, obviously, as he will be then. JVR should play up with Patrick and Voracek, Limblom with Lawton and Simmer, then Weiss Wheel Raffle. I would really enjoy Weiss on a or Wheel, excuse me, on a fourth line. They just don't seem willing to do it, which perplexes me. I just wish, like that's one of the things about this coach that, like every time I think he has one thing figured out, there's still something that is like, eh, yes. why? Why do you believe this? Why is this how you feel? Like, why are you so, like, dogmatic with your attachment to roll, roll, roll? Like, have four good lines. It doesn't matter if Jordan Wheel doesn't weigh enough to play 4C. Like, if he's your fourth center, you probably have three good ones. I think that would be a luxury. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. Do you think Gudis had his eyes closed on the goal? It's a, I, I think Gudis just fires away, and every now and then he picks up a point on one. For a dude who takes that many shots to not have more points is unbelievable. He doesn't, like, ugh. At least there was traffic tonight. This team is no fight, and I, I don't see it. I, like, that's – there are times – where they look lifeless. But to me, that's not the number one issue. Like, they didn't bury enough of their chances tonight. Usually, they get awful goaltending. They have the worst team save percentage in the league. That really hurts them. Um, I, I just, like, they need to bury more of their chances when they create them. Yeah, there were a lot of – and you, uh, Kyle, you point out a time. Couturier passed, uh, passes up prime scoring chance in the two-on-one. Was it when he had the uh, – he got the pass from Giroux and then tried to go backhand back to Giroux? Was that the play, I think? And then he, he missed him. Um, yeah, Giroux's looking at a wide-open net there. But, man, that's such a that's such a high-difficulty play. And – I like that you're trying to be creative. You're trying to get something. You're, you you see a guy with a real chance to score, but in that situation, put it on net. This who this goalie's a nobody. You know, it's some guy in there. Hope for a rebound. Try to freaking jam it in. And worst case scenario, get an offensive zone faceoff. This is the, I keep hearing about how this is the best faceoff team in the league. Get an offensive zone faceoff and get it to one of your skilled defensemen and try to go from like. There's so I. I that really frustrates. It's something they do a lot, and um, sometimes I understand it. But there are so many like clear opportunities to take the puck to the net, whether shooting or carrying tonight, where they chose to pass where it made no sense. Uh, most of the goalies that folks mentioning. Most of the goalies that folks folks mention us getting would see us massively overpay. Unfortunately, something like that doesn't make sense, even with uh, even with stuff being the way it is currently. Yeah, they just man, like you come into a season with you know when they claim Pickard off of waivers, 
you come into a season with six goaltenders between the NHL and AHL, you don't expect to be on number five before December. And that's where we are right now. Stoli, uh, we've had everybody but Carter Hart get into a game already, start a game already. And um, like I, I don't even know who they could get that would be worth what they would pay and what they would what they like what the return on that investment would be. And as much as I don't want to hoard assets, because I believe they have enough, and a goaltender would mean so much to this team right now. Like, who could they possibly get that would be worth it? Yeah, G isn't going anywhere. You can't trade him. Get over it. He's one of our best players. Put better players around him. A great goaltender can't steal us a win every night, which is where we are right now with the lack of scoring. We need a goalie and scoring. And there's something, too, I've thought at different points the offense has tried to go conservative because when they overcommit, they're just so afraid of giving up an odd man rush because so, like so many scoring chances end up in the back of the net. Uh, tonight, they needed to be tighter defensively and they needed better luck and – they had some bad bounces. They just had a lot of shit go wrong for them and they needed to score more. But I just think this team would have so much more confidence in everything else. If they had a little confidence in their netminder. Um, like I always say, as much as I want to bash Dave Haxtell, as much as I want to bash certain players, uh, like every player on the team at different points. Um, when this team gets competent goaltending, they tend to win. They tend to win every time the goalie plays well. Um, I just think there's it's such a big hole to have the league's worst goaltending. They have the worst save percentage in hockey. Um, over the last three years, they have the worst save percentage in hockey. Uh, tied with Carolina, last I checked, maybe it went down the night. But um, you can't – there's just so many th- – like every uh, – because every team has holes. Every team has warts. Every team has holes. But when you have no goaltending – Every single one of your holes gets exposed. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, every single one of your deficiencies gets exposed because, um, you know, every mistake ends up in the back of your net. Yeah, they're, they're, even if pe- even the crazy people who want Giroux traded, like there's no, it wouldn't work. <laughs> it would, I'm telling you, what you think would happen from that, it just wouldn't be, a, wouldn't work. You need to put more players around him. Why not have better players around Giroux? Why not continue, like his his cap hit is not prohibitive. They're gonna have thirty million in cap space this summer, more than. What what was the last number I saw? They're going to have Yeah, like 31 million in cap space this summer. Uh, it was like his he, what he's doing isn't stopping you from doing anything else. Unless your cha- unless your idea is to straight go into the tank. But I'm going to tell you you're going to be angry about that too cuz we just got through a trust the process thing with Hextall. It wasn't the tear it down, but it was an accumulate. They have enough assets to make this team better. They don't need to do it now. 
there's a lot you can do. And maybe it would be painful because so many of the prospects and so many of the, I'm going to say middle-aged, that like so many of the guys who are already here and developing, like we might have to lose some of them, but like there's a way to get it done. And it shouldn't be all that hard considering the cap space, number of prospects and a number of picks that the Flyers still have. It wouldn't be that hard. Like, Finding the goalie is the toughest part, and that's a short-term thing. Hoping for Hart or Ustamenko or Sandstrom, who's maybe not developing into what we thought he was, but he did look so damn good at those World Juniors a few years ago. Um, But uh, Fedotov looks good. Uh, Who's the other dude? Um, Samuel Ersan, who they drafted, I believe, this season. Um, You're just hoping one of these guys turns out, but I – depending on how long it's going to take. Yeah, it's, they're in a tough spot, but I don't believe it's I, – I don't believe this is insurmountable. I think a smart, good, savvy general manager, if they make a good hire here, this could be a very competitive team very quickly. Drew's puck handling on that first goal gave me the warm and fuzzies. We need the warm and fuzzies where we can get them nowadays. Yeah, that's like if you want to hate watching hockey, watch this team without Claude Giroux. Who cares about 4C right now? Hack doesn't play the 12th any more than five minutes. No, that's a that's another um, – that's a – it would go along with rolling the lines more. Um and in that situation, like, yeah, I, I want to mix up the the third and fourth line. Like, I don't think they need to be like your top your top six. Make those two steady lines. Boom. I think the third and fourth line should be interchangeable in game. Like, I there's no reason those guys can't have everyone can't play with each other in the bottom six. That's funny too. What about Voracek, Sandheim to Edmonton for Clefbaum and Nugent Hopkins? Sure, make it happen. Gudis can't hit the side of a barn. It's unbelievable <laughs> how many shots he takes and how few points it results in. Hey, Bill, Scott at the presser talked of being set for the trade deadline in February. Uh, what would they trade for then? I mean, it depends on their situation. I, it depends on what this general man, what the next general manager, you know, sees as the, the direction of this team. I have no idea what the next general manager is going to make of their situation. Uh, like I said, I think this is a very good situation that you could turn into a competitive team and stay young and keep the without shredding the farm system to pieces, without shredding the prospect pool to pieces. I think a few savvy moves um, could really set this team up. I, I talked about the first part of Paul Holmgren's tenure, you know, as general manager here. And I know how we feel. I know how I feel about what Holmgren did to this team in the second half and how Hextall had to dig them out of that fucking mess he created. But um, leading up to that, there's a reason Holmgren kept chasing it because he built a legit contender um, with some savvy moves. It didn't take a, you know, it was just a few, few smart trades here and there. Uh, you know, a couple of signings. 
and you were right back uh, to being a cup contender. And I just think with a little bit of a, a good progressive thinker who knows what, who identifies this team's problems, um, you could be a contender very quickly. Just took a look through the top 25 goalies, and I can't even see one who would be a proper upgrade from a team in flux and willing to sell at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, you know. Bobrovsky, maybe, but Columbus is pushing for a cup. Yeah, that's, I mean, just like um, just like Buffalo, why would they give up somebody? Columbus thinks they can win this year. Columbus thinks if we let Bobrovsky and Panarin walk at the end of the year, it's not the end of the world if we win the Stanley Cup. Uh, where are you, Columbus? Yeah, and Columbus is going to be looking to add. Like, that's on, uh, on deadline day. They're going to have, like, 30 mil uh, that they'll be able to take on. You know, they have 6 mil in cap space right now. Um, they could take on close to 10 million in cap hits right now at the deadline. They're going to be able to take on over 30 million cap hits the way cap money uh, accrues uh, on a daily basis in the NHL. So it's, um, what are they doing here? What else? Yeah. Panarin's a UFA at the end of the year and Bobrovsky and that's it in terms of UFAs for them. Wow. Um, Yes, I, I would love to bring Bobrovsky in for a run, but by the time Columbus – oh, that's what I wanted to look at was actually the standings. Where is Columbus? They are second in the division. They are a point behind Washington. Yeah, they're two points up on the Rangers. Um, I, why would they move on from, from you know, a two-time Vezina winner? Uh, someone please tell me there's better value than G in the entire league. For what – players are going to be making who put up similar numbers to Giroux like that. Yeah. It's a good contract. That's the other thing. It's a good contract. Why is it this team constantly gets beat by backup goalies? I have no idea. It really looked like they're, they were creating chances tonight. They score three and then they just can't, they just can't just break through, man. Like just, they should have buried six, no problem tonight. That lead should have been insurmountable, even if they turtle for the last, you know, 18, 17, 12 minutes, whatever. Um, that lead should have been insurmountable tonight. And just just freaking just ugh. McDavid has a better value. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, McDavid's the best freaking player in the league. What is he at? What did he get? What I can't it's not ten, it's twelve, right? Where are you at, Edmonton? Here we are. He got twelve. Yeah, twelve five. Uh, even then. Uh, star players in this league are so like ridiculously um just ridiculously underpaid as compared to their peers. You know, like uh, sure, you know, middle reliever in baseball gets twelve. But then Manny Machado is going to get fucking 35-40. Like, and I, I understand no cap and everything. The salary cap in hockey is nonsense. Shouldn't be a salary cap. Um, all that does is keep prices down of great players. Just screws over the great players. That's all salary cap does. And really screws over these middle-income guys. Uh, and middle-income is a funny thing to say about guys who make millions. But I think I, I read something like, if you look at the league's top 
20 scores, let's say. Just I don't remember the exact. But the idea was either all of the league's best players are already signed to deals worth five-plus million or on their ELCs. There's no Wayne Simmons out there, you know, on that second contract or what? I don't necessarily – I think it was the second deal that he signed here. Um, you know, there's no one making that three-and-a-half, four – who's playing on a second line and scoring on the power play. Like that guy, those, and he was even young when he signed that deal, like the 24, 25, 26 year olds who are, should be on that bridge deal or whatever. just doesn't exist anymore. And it's the salary cap screws them over because you're just going to go, okay, these are our high end highest paid veterans. And now here are all of our young draft picks who will be filling in the gaps because they make under a million and that's 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 who we build our team around. And there's no of those that, you know, those middle guys. Uh, Bill, do you think Hexy should have torn the whole thing down from the sm- start? Or is this just, uh, uh, or is this just honestly a team uh, with a few tweaks, plus perhaps a coaching change? Maybe something comes together. Uh, yeah, I don't think he needed to tear it down. Um, when Giroux was hurt and it looked like he was on a steady decline, there was an argument to be made. But he had the inside information and he knew let's move him the wing. He knew this is just a temporary thing and he's going to be able to get. Maybe that's maybe that was all part of the plan. Um, but I don't think it was ever a tear it down situation. Uh, you, maybe you could have, but I just it doesn't always work. That's it works for some teams, absolutely it does. Um, but it, it's not. Someone said made the comment earlier. It's not basketball, and it's not. And you're even like, look at all right now, without tearing it down, with being this 500 team for a few years. They have so much. They could go out and make crazy moves and put together a really good team. Um, you're still hoping for a goalie, figure something out in net, but you know, goal. It's not like goalies go first overall. Like that shit doesn't happen anymore either. So you wouldn't have fixed that problem. Um, you, you wouldn't have fixed that problem either. So uh, there's a case to be made for it, but it. I appreciate what Ron Hextall did. I really do. I believed in his plan and I'm still happy with how he went about it for um, the majority of his time here. He just never, other than going out and signing JVR, he just never did. There are things he still could have done. Like there are incremental moves he could have made along the way to improve the, the NHL on ice product and I get that he had to do what he had to do to uh, get out of cap hell and to restock the farm system and do all that. And again, appreciative of it. Thank you, Ron Hextall, for putting us in position to be able to go from here. Um, but there are things, there's still more he probably could have done, I guess. Bill TSN is saying Flyer, uh, Fletcher is Flyers GM by Thursday. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, he was the dude. He was in uh, Minnesota, right? And that's where Chuck Fletcher's from. Uh, 
Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Uh, apparently, because we talked about him some, uh, wrong, wrong window. Uh, we talked about Fletcher some last night on BSH Radio, and we talked about the Suter and Parisi contracts. It turns, it seems at least, the um, I've read a couple of places, you know, and just reading up on the potential candidates. Uh, ownership, that was a real, like that was a, hey, we got these two hometown boys who are available. They want to play here. Let's, uh, let's make that happen. And also the owners were all convinced that there were going to be um, – there were going to be salary rollbacks in that 2012-2013 lockout, uh, just like there were in uh, in the previous one. Uh, the owners got a lot, but they didn't get salary rollbacks uh, in terms of you know raw cap numbers and getting money back. Uh, the uh, they got the players' percentage of total revenue down a couple of points, but they didn't get salary rollbacks. And uh, I, I think a lot of uh, owners were that. You know, including the Flyers, trying to give Shea Weber all that money, and then uh, Nashville going, oh, we can afford this. Um, I think a lot of money was handed out thinking it's not real money at the time. And, um, yeah, so that's what happened there. Uh, so I, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't know enough about the guy, but I like an outside perspective. I like someone who's not from inside the bubble. Um, next thing you got to evaluate then, if he's, if he's the guy, as uh, the coach, you know, got to evaluate the coach. Uh, and then you got to figure out what's going on in net. And then it's, all right, who really wants to be here? Who do we need here? And go, there, this GM has a lot of work ahead of him. I think it's, I think he's inheriting as strong of a situation as you can ha- inherit when a GM just gets flat out fired in November. You know, when a GM just gets flat out fired in November, typically it's like, oh, wow we are screwed. You know, we have nothing. It's a situation like Hextall inherited where you have no cap space, you have no prospects, you know, you're starting from scratch basically in terms of what, in terms of a foundation. Um, This team has a lot of that. Plus some guys who are really good high-end guys right now, you know, Um, it's going to take a lot of work, but it's doable. And if Fletcher's up to that, I mean, he put together a lot of contending teams in the central. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I would like Mark Hunter. I'm a, uh, he seemed very interesting to me. I read a, uh, an article by Jeff Vallette, the, uh, the, you know, he covers the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I think it's faceoffcircle.ca is his website. I read an article about Mark Hunter that he wrote, you know, when Dubas was named GM and Hunter was, uh, you know, they mutually parted ways cause he didn't get the job. Uh, and it was just all about what Hunter really did there. And, you know, it's always tough to narrow down what a guy really does. But I think there was a lot of potential in Mark Hunter. Um, yeah, we'll see who they hire. I want someone with an outside perspective. Uh, you know, Chris Pryor doesn't appear to be a candidate. And, it, well, they said there it's it's going to be, a, you know, someone from outside. So it's not going to be like an internal hire like Pryor. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for it like you guys are, you know, Bill, who would you pick or get in as the new G I like Hunter, um, Hunter or, you know, I don't know who's the, the hot shot smart, you know, um, the guy I was joking about last night on BSH radio. I, I don't want a dude who played in the league. I want, uh, you know, I want a dude in a pea coat with a scarf and hipster glasses. You know, I, I, I want the smart 32-year-old who knows where hockey's going and someone who can be here a while and 
uh, is going to make the shrewd moves, is going to be creative, is going to be progressive, um, balance winning and keeping an eye on the future. Um, Hextall did a little more of one than the other, and it ultimately cost him his job. Um, but I'll settle for anyone with an outside perspective. We just need somebody from outside this bubble. It's uh, I like the family atmosphere. I I think it's important for attracting um, for attracting free agents to keeping um, you know to keeping your players happy, getting them to sign long term, uh, getting you know keeping the prospects happy, keeping guys down on the farm, uh, them looking forward to being a part of the big club. I think the atmosphere is is important, but the guy running the show needs to be a little removed from that. He doesn't need to be, you know, the dictator that a lot of people are now saying Ron Hextall was, but a little bit removed from that, you know? Parisi was a bad deal in hindsight. A lot of Flyers fans wanted him when he went on the market. They did. I was one of them. I wanted Parisi and Suter. Why wouldn't I? Um... They were never going to sign here, and it was a waste of time waiting for them to sign with Minnesota. They wanted to go to Minnesota the whole time. Uh, Parisi was never going to sign in the same division as the Devils. That just wasn't going to happen. Um, it, it was stupid to even wait, and then you know all the stuff that happened with Weber after that. It was just a stupid-ass summer, the whole thing. But it was stupid for every team. Every team was dumb that summer because, like I said, I think owners and GMs were convinced there were going to be salary rollbacks or – you know, those crazy-ass front-loaded contracts that were 12 years long or whatever were going to, like, be voided or somehow because they were made illegal during that lockout. But, um, you know, the ones that existed were allowed to stand. Good teams find ways to win. This team finds way to, ways to lose. Yeah, that's – it's – like, I, I'm speechless by what I saw in the second half of the third period tonight. I, I am blown away, shocked, baffled. By what I mean, I shouldn't be because they do this shit regularly. But like, there's always a couple of things I can point to. This one was just like, I, you fuck, what, what, you, what did I just watch? Uh, of the two $8 million players Flyers have, Voracek is the damaging one. He's a 60-point player whose, you know, 80-point seasons are rare and unreliable. I mean, in his in his down years, he scores three-quarters of a point a game. Uh, and in his up years, he's a point-a-game player. Uh, I'm frustrated watching Jake Voracek. I always have been because when he's on, he's so good. He just... He's not, um, oh, he's just, oh, there's so much potential there. And I really think he's going to be a guy who ages well. I think he's going to have to change his game a little as he gets older um, and shoot more and use his size a little more, get to the net, uh, be less of a perimeter player. And I don't like, I don't like to use perimeter player um, disparagingly when I talk about him because he does so much damage. Uh, from the outside and is able to create so many opportunities for other guys and creates a ton of zone entries and things like that. But I, uh, there's just another level to Jake Voracek that I don't like, I just think he could be so great. That's what frustrates me about him most is like, I see another level in him. Like I see that other level in Giroux often, you know, and I just, 
there's something more there for Voracek where he could be as good um, as G and maybe do some things a little better. Uh, and it's just not there every night, and it's frustrating. And when he's bad, my God, is he a turnover machine. My God, is it hard to watch him when he's not on. I think what Hextall's problem was, he wanted to do everything himself, and his plan was the only plan. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear. Oh, what's up, Bose? I see you joined. I think it's very clear that... Um, I think it's very clear that Ron Hextall was not much of a delegator. Ron Hextall wanted to have, he was a, you know, wanted his hands in everything. He was hands-on to a fault in that it seemed like he was just in everyone's face and um, not as not as accepting of, of outside, you know, advice, opinions, whatever. Um, I get it. You know, he took over the mess that Holmgren inherited, so maybe he doesn't want to use Maybe he doesn't want to listen to Holmgren all that much because he had to clean up that bullshit. But like I said, the first half of Holmgren's tenure was really good. And I've I've been questioning the power structure. And Steph, again, has been telling me, no, it's this way. With Holmgren has more say than you think and all that. And I just couldn't see any of Holmgren's influence. That's why I didn't believe. I thought he had a figurehead position because I saw none of his influence. You know? Um this is a guy that went out and traded for Andy McDonald and gave him 30 million bucks, you know? Uh, uh, it just didn't seem like he had any influence. And when you look at the situation and when you read between the lines of, of, uh, of what Dave Scott and Paul Holmgren said at their press conference today, it appears that it's because he allowed no influence from anyone uh, from outside his inner circle, which shrank regularly you know it was it was the hextall way and i admire somewhat uh his sticking to his plan because he believed in it so much he had so much confidence in it um but at a certain point when you say we now have to take a step forward and the team is exactly where they were a year ago well, you haven't taken a step forward. You went out and spent money. You didn't do anything. You're too glad. JVR is a nice vanity signing. It's 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 fun. I'm for it. I'm for the JVR signing. Um, I, I like the guy. And I didn't like him his first time here. I was like an anti. I was like, a, he's not tough enough, blah, blah, blah. JVR uh, hater his first time around. But I like the signing. I'm fine with it. Cool. Five-year contract, not a seven-year contract. Fine. I don't care. Give him a little more. Uh, give him a little more cap hit uh, if the contract's not seven years long. Um, but man, the two glaring holes—the two glaring holes were the penalty kill and the goaltending. And you said, "Nah, we're good." You did nothing to fix either of those problems. So I just, ugh. when you say we're going to take a step forward, and your two biggest problems weren't addressed at all. Well, you weren't all that interested in taking a step forward. I'm with you, Bill. I don't want any more ex-flyers. Yeah, again, I want the I want the alumni to feel like they're still a part of the family, and I want Paul Holmgren, you know, and I want all the I, I want the Flyers Wives Carnival to be when the guys want it, not when the GM wants it. All that stuff. I want the wives and girlfriends and partners and whoever to feel like they're a part of the organization. I like all that stuff. I just want the guy making the decisions. 
to be one, you know, hokey pokey, put one foot in one foot out. Like I want him to be removed from it and be able to make the business decisions um, and be aggressive with them. You know, I don't want, obviously if all this stuff were now that is now coming up out about Hextall is true, which, you know, that's been bothering me all these, uh, I'm not on the inside, you know, I'm, I'm not in the press box anymore. It's been a couple of years since I've been in the press box, two, three, um, two years since I've been in the press box. It's not, that's not my role anymore. Uh, we have people who do that on the show. Charlie does it for broadstreethockey.com. Maddie does it. And I trust those people, uh, to be our, to be our eyes and ears, you know, up there. But man, all these people who are now saying how much, you know, all the, the play from the players to the coaches to the other front office members to other team employees who you would never even think to think of um, really just didn't like the atmosphere at work. Well, you know what? It's it's very Chip Kelly-ish, except we heard that shit about Chip Kelly when he was coaching. We, it didn't take until he got fired for all this stuff to come out, and I feel like I don't know. We're we're hearing all this stuff after the fact, and perhaps it's true. I'm sure some of it is, but. You know what, guys? We should have been hearing this at the time. We should have been hearing this at the time, and we weren't. Uh, at least I didn't hear any of it. Will a new coach really change these players overnight? How long uh, do you think a big change would take? Listen, there's moves that need to be made, and I do think the roster needs to be you know, shaken up somewhat. But um, I think a system change is necessary. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I keep, I keep going back to it because yeah, I don't want Hackstall to be the coach of this team. They need a goaltender. When this team gets adequate goaltending, they tend to win every time. It's it's uh, it's really frustrating because you see them like even when just Cal Pickard and you know whatever a backup, you know that's what he is. He's a backup. I don't think that's disparaging. There's, you know, a couple of guys who can really say they're a number one starters in this league. He is very much not one of them. Um, when a when one of the Flyers, you know, tandem guys plays well, just has a good game, the Flyers usually win. Uh, so, like, the number one priority has to be goaltending. But I don't know how you go about it. I really don't know how you go about it. Besides, okay, Caleb Fletcher, I get it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Bill, props on how you do these post games. Takes a lot of skill to do this well. Thanks for including us in your moving blanket studio. The blankets don't move that much, do they, guys? I don't, I don't notice it. I had to put one behind this one because my big head here was uh, constantly opening it. But thank you. I appreciate it, Tom. Um, this is what I do, guys. I, I enjoy it as much as you do. This is not work for me right now, especially on a night like tonight when everyone's super fired up. Uh, I love this team, and I love talking about this team, and I love hockey. And I like talking about hockey with other hockey fans, and I really enjoy doing it with you guys. All right, I'm out. Yeah, okay. Fletcher, a lot of people are taking off. Let me scroll down, see some of the new comments. Bill, what trades would you make and who would you pick up uh, to be the new coach? A lot of coaching candidates out there. I wonder, I, like, I'd like Q. I, Q, if they hire Q, that's great. It's a nice, you know, they're committed to something. Uh, but if you talk to some Chicago fans, he's not the best with the young guys. It's a lot of, uh, oh, St. I'm's in the press box tonight, huh? Like, stuff like that. But I don't know what the – it all depends on the direction the GM sees this team going in. In terms of trades, I think there's very few untouchables, you know. Um, 
it's, it has to make sense, but there's very few untouchables right now because no one's earned it. I like a lot of players on this team. I really do, and I like the potential of a lot of guys on this team. But nobody's earned it yet. As much as I don't want – I just don't want to be looking at some guy on another team four years from now and calling him the next Justin Williams, calling him the next Patrick Sharp. Ain't nobody earned it yet. And I guess you could say it about those guys at the time. So it's going to – it's going to take hard work. But a couple of smart moves could really help this team out. Would Mike Yo or Todd McClellan be better off with the kids? I don't hate McClellan. I'm, Yo is just – he's probably a better coach than Hack, but eh, eh, eh. they're probably both just average, but uh, I'll give the experience and having, like, won some playoff rounds before to Yo, I guess. Um, but I don't hate McClellan. I don't think he's a bad coach. All right, guys, we're over uh, 90 minutes now, so I think I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out for this extended version of the uh, of the post-game show slash, you know, reaction to the firing, press conference, all that. Uh, I, I, again, really, really enjoy hanging out with you guys. Um, I'll be back soon, uh, probably after the game on Saturday, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed if you're not already. Of course, I keep giving you the spiel, but do it if you're not subscribed. Um, of course, these get uploaded to the audio feed. We have, you know, our Monday show, our flagship BSH radio. We have checking out the competition. Kelly, uh, you know, speaks to, uh, people who cover the teams for, uh, the Flyers about to be playing and, you know, gets, uh, gets some good preview conversation going. Those get uploaded before every game. We have fly Perbly on there. Uh, of course, um, ice sport radio, which is the BSH radio rest of the league show, um, where we talk about the rest of the NHL and give the Flyers a rest for an hour. Uh, so there's a lot of content. So subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Uh, give us a five-star review, you know, write us some nice kind words and we'll really appreciate it. That's it for tonight. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Hey guys, this is John Stolness from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to The Good Fight podcast feed.